Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. wrong when it talks about the wisdom of the ants in gathering and storing food for the winter? This is the Creation Moments Minute. Bible skeptics claim that Proverbs 6 verse 8 is nothing but a myth because no such ants have ever been found. In the last few years, however, their laughter has stopped. We now know of three different species of ants that gather and store food. And guess what? Two of these species are native to Bible lands. Evolutionists tell us that they are sure the first real human beings weren't even smart enough to gather and store grain and seeds. It's obvious that ants who gather and store grain and seeds are totally unexpected by evolution. But we know that we have a creator who provides for all the needs of all his creatures, even ants. For CreationMomentsMinute.com, I'm Darren Marlar. Dale Pazinski. I'm 19 years old, and this is how I live United. I've always been kind of a computer geek, and I found a way to use those skills to help the homeless in my community. For people facing hard times, computer skills and a basic resume are so important. It may seem like a small thing, but it makes a huge difference in people's lives. So with United Way, I created a program where I work with the homeless. Together, we go through their whole job history, write a resume, and then save it on their very own USB drive. We provide workbooks and training certificates. I even budgeted for cupcakes so we can celebrate as a class when one of our people gets a job. That's huge. When somebody says, hey man, that job that you helped me apply for, I got it. That's what Living United feels like to me. My name is Dale Pazinski. I help people achieve financial independence. So I don't just wear the shirt, I live it. Give, advocate, volunteer, Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Why do the nations conspire and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their chains and throw off their shackles. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. He rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy mountain. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask me. Make the nations your inheritance, the ends of the earth your possession. You will break them with a rod of iron. You will dash them to pieces like pottery. Therefore, you kings, be wise. Be warned, you rulers of the earth. 
Lord with fear and celebrate his rule with trembling. Kiss his son, or he will be angry, and your way will lead to your destruction, for his wrath can flare up in a moment. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. Six Ordinary Days, does it really matter? Answers with Ken Ham, a speaker at the popular Answers in Genesis seminars. I've often heard Christians say something like, well, as long as we believe God created, it doesn't matter whether we believe he did it in six literal days or not. I actually get this question a lot, especially on radio talk show programs. Well, let me answer it this way. Why do we believe in the resurrection of Christ? Let's be honest, we haven't seen someone rise from the dead in our day. We believe it because of the words in the Bible. So if we accept the plain, straightforward words of the Bible in the book of Genesis, just as we do for the account of the resurrection, then it's obvious that God created everything in six literal days. We must let God speak to us through the language of Scripture. If we don't, then we undermine the entire Bible. Christians need to be careful in how we rightly divide the word of truth, as 2 Timothy 2.15 teaches us. One of the most popular programs inside our Creation Museum is our Planetarium, and the very video shown there is now available to you for home viewing. We'll mail you a copy for a donation of any size. Call us 24 hours a day, toll-free, at 1-888-89-ANSWERS. Our nonprofit ministry can be reached at 888-89-ANSWERS, or get the Created Cosmos DVD through our website of AnswersOffer.org. You are listening to Morning Inspirations on Jam Radio 
and good morning. This is your early morning gospel program. Morning inspirations. I want to say happy Veterans Day to all our veterans out there. And thank you for serving.
thank you, Lord. We thank you. First, our family, our friends, our church family, our neighbors. We thank you, Lord. We lift up our pastor to you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We pray this prayer. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Continue to keep your age kept. Keep your ages around us, Lord. It's going out and coming in. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Thank you. Jesus, baby. We thank you, Lord. Touch my wife, Lord. Stop here so good too. Our morning prayer, that's our morning prayer. Coming up, a message of mercy from Pastor Patrick Pierre from the Times Square Church in New York City. We'll be back in the top of the hour. share a thought with you that I actually shared with our young people. I've entitled it A Message of Mercy. Uh, one point Jesus, to illustrate a point, began to speak to uh, the folks that around about him, and he began to talk about the mercy of God and the love of God. And he began to illustrate it through some various stories, three stories in particular at this, at this point. Uh, one, he began to talk about sweeping a house and finding every lost coin in that house. Another point, he said, you know, he, he leaves, the shepherd leaves the 99 and he goes after the one. And, and through these stories, he was trying to prove a point. He was trying to illustrate a point. And then he began to share a very familiar passage that I think that we're all familiar with. It was a story about a man who had two sons. And the younger son told his father, uh, I want what's coming to me. I want my inheritance, he came to his father and began to desire and demand his portion of the estate. And he said, Dad, even before you die, I want what's coming to me. And so his father took uh, his wealth and began to divide it among his two sons. And the Bible says a few days later that his younger son packed all his belongings and got all his stuff together, and he took a trip off into a far distant land. And there he began to waste all his money on wild living. And as he spent all his money and all his resources and all these things began to run out, uh, he began to grow hungry. And the Bible says at that particular time a, a famine came over the land. And as this famine began to sweep over the land, uh, this young man eventually began to starve. 
And so he got this idea. He said, well, let me ask one of the local farmers if he will hire me to feed his pigs. And, and the farmer did hire him. And uh, as he began to feed the pigs, he was so hungry, so starved, that he began to desire uh, the pods, the things that they were feeding to the pigs. And uh, so at this particular point, he needed help. He needed somebody to give him something, but there was no one around. There was no one there to give him anything, to feed him anything. And uh, he finally came to his senses, the scripture says. He said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am in this particular place, and I am starving. And so he decided to himself that he would go home to his father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Please take me as a hired servant. And the Bible says that he returned home to his father uh, at this particular point. Now, how does this relate to you and I in this present day and age? Did you know that God has a plan for your life? God has a plan for your life. God created you for a purpose. Uh, the Gospel of John tells us that he created everything there is. Nothing exists that he did not make. You were created by God for a purpose. You were not a fluke or an accident. God knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb, and he gave you life. Even if you were the result of a rape or some unexpected, unwanted pregnancy, God had a plan for your life. That's why you were not miscarried. That's why you were not aborted. God had a plan for your life. And you may have wondered, why am I here? What am I doing here? Where did I come from? Is this all there is to life? Where am I going when this is all said and done? God has a plan for your life and had a plan from the very beginning. Jeremiah 29 tells us, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. You were given life by God for a divine purpose. But just like this story, you didn't see the value of a life in God or in his house. And now you find yourself feeding the pigs. Like this boy, you set out looking for love, peace, joy, and satisfaction apart from the Heavenly Father's house and from his presence. Folks, I know what this is all about. I, I, I was raised a Catholic. I was baptized as a baby, did all my holy sacraments. I, I did my first holy communion confirmation, all these things that you do in the Catholic Church, raised in the Catholic Church, elementary school, junior high school, high school, finally to the point of eight, at the age of 18, I got to a point where I just said, I, I had enough of this. I'm out of here. Because I would go into church one way and come out the same way. And I remember coming out to church and the priest that would be ministering his homily uh, would walk out and I'd see him on the street drinking, smoking, cursing, just like we were cursing. And I thought to myself, well, forget this, I'm out of here. I mean, it got to a point where I was only going to church on Easter, just uh, Easter and Christmas, just the holidays, and mostly just to check out the girls. Because at the time, I was a teenager, and my hormones were raging. I'm just being real, keeping it real. 
So finally, I remember my 18th birthday. I, I, I had a friend. I called him over, and I said, let's get together, and then we'll go partying. We'll go clubbing afterwards. We we're going to go dancing. And I, I remember we went out and bought 151-proof Bacardi and some Coke, and we went up into my room in the attic, which was up in the attic of my parents' house, and we started to drink. And, and folks, I don't know at what point my friend left, but we didn't go dancing that night. I remember, all I remember is waking up in the middle of the night, and my legs are wrapped around the toilet. I'm sitting on the floor, and my head is buried in the toilet bowl, and I'm just throwing up, just upchucking all night and thinking to myself, is this all there is to life? Is this what adulthood is? Is this what freedom is? Is this what I have to look forward to as an adult? And, uh, folks, that's not what God had planned for my life. That's not all there. Uh, but I remember thinking, I'm out of here. And uh, I got to college after that, and I started bodybuilding, and I thought that would bring satisfaction, and I began to feel good about myself, but, and then all the girls and all that stuff. And then, but still on the inside, I was so empty. I would wake up in the morning. I could be hanging out with my friends laughing, joking, but then I'd be so empty on the inside and think, God, there's there was. So he came and found me and saved me. And here I am today. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> now you may have thought to yourself or maybe you're thinking to yourself, I want to be this or I'm going to do that. I'm going to join this cause or maybe if I join this gang, or pursue this career as a doctor, or maybe in IT, information technology, or, or if I could just impress these scouts, maybe I might get a scholarship and play D1, Division One, and maybe after that I might go pro. And you leave God's house, you set the church aside. And so you get those new sneakers or that stuff you always wanted, that new girl or that car, but where does that leave you? You squandered and wasted the life you were given, and now you are distant and far from God. Isaiah the prophet put it this way. He said, all of us have strayed away like sheep. We have left God's path to follow our own. And ultimately, folks, this is what sin is. It's to live independently from God or to act contrary to God's law. Isaiah went on to say this, but your iniquities, in other words, the wrong things you've done, the wrong life you're living, have separated you from your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you, only to end up feeding the pigs. A pig was considered unclean and the vilest of animals in the Jewish culture. This young man found himself feeding the lowest things that exist in nature. There are some here today that find themselves feeding the lowest things of human nature. You are feeding a lust or an uncontrolled passion, anger or grudge, violence or rage, bitterness, unforgiveness, some type of filth or bad habit. You're visiting peep shows or porn sites on the Internet, or maybe you followed the empty lights time and time again into a Broadway show or a movie theater thinking this would satisfy. Or maybe today you find yourself sticking a needle in your arm 
or you were on a date giving up your virginity to someone who will most like, you will most likely never see again. They made you all these empty promises only to break your heart. I think of all the celebrities whose lives are a mess. They're not happy. All you have to do is pick up some tabloid magazine or People magazine, and all you see is divorce, drugs, alcohol, infidelity, tons of money with fancy cars, big houses, and empty smiles. They go from one relationship to another thinking, maybe this is it. Maybe this will satisfy. Maybe this will scratch that itch. Maybe this will feed that, fill that void. While in this particular place, the Bible says that this young boy became so hungry. And some here today are so hungry because that stuff does not satisfy. The scripture says, no one gave him anything. And that's the way the world is. You can try to get counseling, but they can't help you. What you need in this case is spiritual. They can't even help themselves. I think of a young lady who said, throughout my childhood, my older cousins molested me. She said, I was teased as a child, trapped in Catholicism. My first boyfriend, when I was 16 years old, raped me, and I was so ashamed. I used to cry myself to sleep. She said, my heart grew very cold and hard. She said, but I remember at a young age how the Lord used to call me. I remember one night lying in bed after reading my Catholic Bible and praying my rosary, wanting something more. Long before knowing anything about the sinner's prayer or being born again, she said, I lifted my hands and prayed a simple prayer that I was sorry and just wanted life, my life to be led by him. And whatever he wanted to do with my life, it was his. She said, I then went on to college and my college years were the, many of the darkest years of my life. That a mutual friend, a friend brought me to Times Square Church. He said, that Sunday, all my inconsistent battling with the Lord stopped there in my seat. This is where the voice I had heard calling me as a child lived. He said, I ran to the altar with all that raw shame and baggage in tow. I returned to my apartment that afternoon, a new creation. Hallelujah. <laughs> she said, I mean a new creation, exclamation point. She said, I freaked out my three roommates. The swearing stopped. The drinking stopped. The craft talking stopped. Everything that flowed out my mouth was about the joy of the Lord. I could hear the Lord's voice again. And I could feel his leading and his presence. And I could feel hope. She said, today the Lord has given me back everything the devil took from me and then some. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. He came to his senses. He came to his senses. And he went home. Where's home? In the presence of the one who created you. 
even before you were ever formed. He loved you and had you know if he wanted to, he could have wiped this out long ago. Thinking about this this past weekend, and Pastor shared it this morning again. I, I couldn't escape that thought. He could have wiped this out a long time ago. He could have started a he could have you know a new slate Even before creation. He knew everything that was going to take place. He knew we would fall. He knew it all, folks. And yet he still went ahead with the plan to create us. But not only that, the plan to save us. <laughs> what a deal! What a deal! What a God. What a love. Folks, that's home. That's where home is, in God's presence. Do you know today your inheritance still awaits you? His father saw him coming from a long distance, this young man. And filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son and embraced him and kissed him. And as the father ran to meet the lost son, so God has come today, your heavenly Father, to meet you. He's here to meet you. Even as you come out of your seat to this altar today, he is here to meet you. His Father gave him what he could never possess on his own or been able to obtain in his own strength. He gave him a robe, he gave him a ring, and he gave him new shoes. What do these things represent to you and I? That robe represents a covering, covering to cover his shame, to take away his sin. It represented forgiveness and right standing with his father. He gave him a ring which represented authority, authority to walk in victory over life-controlling habits, authority to access the inheritance that was being left to him by his father, authority. Hallelujah. But not only that, he gave him new shoes. He gave him a new lease on life. A commission. That's what that those new shoes represented. A commission, a new lease on life, a purpose, a destiny, a plan. Hallelujah. To do the work of the kingdom. To care for his father's business. New shoes. And afterwards, a celebration broke out in the house. There was a celebration with music and dancing. The party was on. Talk about a party. Party in heaven. The Bible says, when one soul, Luke 15, same chapter, when one soul comes home, angels in heaven break out in celebration. For you. For you. For me. When we finally come home. When you give complete control to Jesus Christ, inviting him to be Lord of every area of your life, you will discover the answers to life's questions. You will experience the true purpose for which you were created, for which he created you. Some people think Christianity is boring, but that's not what God intended. Religion is dry, dead, and boring but a relationship with Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord 
is the greatest privilege and adventure you and I will ever experience. And I can tell you from my life's experience that it's been everything except boring. <laughs> I've traveled growing up in the inner city. I've traveled, had the privilege to travel all over the world. Never thought it would happen. And had the privilege of seeing God move in the most incredible ways. And today you are here in this house. And God has come to you with a message of mercy to declare to you that he's not done with you yet. And I want to ask you a question. Have you had enough? Have you realized yet that there is nothing out there in the world? Only Christ can give you life. Only Jesus satisfies. God's hand of mercy is extended to you today. I'm not going to prolong this. I want to give an invitation for every soul in this place. It may be one. He leaves the 90 and 9. That's how important you are. Every soul in this place that say, would say, Pastor, maybe you're here for the first time and you've never been in a place like this. Maybe someone invited you or maybe you walked in thinking this was a show. here for the first time, and you may have grown up a Buddhist, a Muslim, a Catholic, doesn't matter. There's more. You, there's something on the inside of you that's saying, this is the truth. This is what I've been looking for all my life. You would say, Pastor, I'm done. give my life to Jesus Christ. I understand that he loves me. I understand that he died for me. Today I know that he has a plan for my life. I'm sorry for all the wrong things I've done. I don't want to live in sin anymore, but I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. I want to give him control. I want to invite him to, to come in. If he will take my messed up life and give me a new one, I'm in. How many here would say, Pastor, that's me, unashamedly, all over this house? main floor, those hands going up all over the place, up in the balcony, in the annex as well. If you say, Pastor, that's me, put your hand down. I'm going to give an invitation. We're all going to stand in a moment. I want to invite you to come. If you're here and you say, Pastor, I'm backslidden. I've grown cold. I've drifted from the Lord. Maybe you were in the house, but you left. Or maybe you're still in the house, but your heart drifted far from him. And today you say, Pastor, I'm coming home. I'm done. The hour's late, folks. I want you to raise your hand as well, all over this place. Done. Undone. He sees those hands. Let's stand together quietly and reverently. Quietly and reverently all over this place. God's hand of mercy is extended to you. Those who raised your hand. 
step out of your seat and come to this altar right now. Don't hesitate. Don't begin to rationalize. Don't let the devil deceive you. Don't let him lie to you. You may have tried this once before and thought to yourself, well, I've responded before, and the devil's telling you don't respond again. No, today you're going to change. How's that going to happen? As you simply trust him, God will change you. He will transform you. It's a supernatural change. It's something that he and he alone can do. Even as we worship and sing for a moment, and then we're going to come back and pray. Step out of your seat. In the annex, we'll wait for you as we sing. You know, he is stronger. He broke the power of sin, and he died on the cross and rose again so that you and I would have a new life in him. Christianity is not you trying to be a good person, you following a bunch of rules and trying to be like Jesus. Christianity is the spirit of the living God coming to live on the inside of you and giving you what is called an exchange life. He takes your old life, and that is now gone. His life comes to live on the inside of you. His spirit comes to live on the inside, and you become a new person, a totally new creature. All the old things pass away. It's a supernatural transformation. On a daily basis, as you walk with him, you'll become more and more like him. He will change you. This is the greatest decision you will ever make in your entire existence, coming back to God Almighty who loves you, who died for you. He's going to heal you. Through you, he's going to bring healing into your family, into your community, and into your workplace. How many would say, Pastor, I'm a sinner, but I'm coming home to God. I'm giving everything to Jesus tonight. I'm giving everything to Jesus tonight. I'm giving my life to Jesus Christ. The Bible says, for God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son, that you would not perish or be destroyed in your sin, but that you would have eternal life. Those who raise their hands, I want to lead you in a simple prayer today, acknowledging your need for God and inviting him to come into your life today. Would you raise your hands to him as a sign of surrender? Those who are coming to Jesus Christ for the first time today, would you pray with me? God Almighty, I acknowledge today that I am a sinner, that I'm sorry for all the wrong things I've done. I don't want to live in sin anymore. I want to live for you from this moment on. I invite you to come into my life to be my Savior and my Lord. I thank you today that you died and rose again so that I might know that I could have a new life in you. I want to thank you, God, for loving me so much. I love you, Jesus, and I give everything to you. I believe 
that you are hearing my cry, that you heard my prayer, and that my old life is now passing away, and I'm receiving a new life, the Christ life, a supernatural life on the inside. Thank you, God, for forgiving me today. I am now a child of the living God. I belong to Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, folks, we ought to praise him. We need to rejoice. The angels of God are rejoicing in heaven. Hallelujah. That means the devil's assignment on you is now canceled. Drugs can't hold you when your faith is in Christ. Alcohol can't hold you when your faith is in Christ. Cigarettes can't hold you when your faith is in Christ. Pornography can't hold you when your faith is in Christ. There's no devil, there's no spirit of suicide that can hold you when your faith is in Christ. Hallelujah. Thank him for your freedom today. You are forgiven, you are free. And when Christ sets you free, you are free indeed. Hallelujah. You're listening to the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins.
you are listening to Morning Inspirations on Jam Radio 
This is Morning Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. Hey, Nick Cannon here. So, of course, we all know there's lots of talent in America. But unfortunately, there's something else we've got way too much of. Childhood hunger. 17 million kids struggle with it in this country. But here's the thing. This problem is entirely solvable. Seriously, we already produce more than enough healthy, nutritious food in this country to feed every single last one of those hungry kids. We just need a way to get it to them. That's why the Feeding America Nationwide Network of Food Banks is out there every day gathering surplus food to give hope to hungry kids and their families all across the country. But they need your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. Together we can solve hunger. Together we're Feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. Harry's career had gone, well, all right. Not every promotion had come through, but he was always willing to learn. Then, nearing retirement, Harry was asked to mentor a sharp young employee new to the department. Harry couldn't help it. He detested the assignment. Mentor this young man? Support him? No, sir. Harry had earned his stripes. Now help some hotshot outdistance him. Resentment boiled, but Harry had no choice. He made himself talk with a newcomer. And to his surprise, the hotshot listened. This is Howard Butt, Jr. of Lady Lodge. Harry spent the first part of his career learning. Then he discovered that in sharing his wisdom, everyone came out ahead in the high calling of our daily work. It's easy to take your world for granted. Most days go by without a whole lot of surprises. But what if a disaster strikes without warning? What if life as you know it has completely turned on its head? What if everything familiar becomes anything but? Would you be prepared? Before a disaster turns your family's world upside down, it's up to you to be ready. Get a kit. Make a plan. Be informed today. Learn how at www.ready.gov. Ready.gov. This message brought to you by the Federal Emergency Management Agency and the Ad Council. 1 Samuel 18, verses 3 and 4 declare, Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan took off the robe that was on him and gave it to David with his armor, even to his sword and his bow and his belt. Jonathan and David made a covenant with each other. As a part of that covenant, they exchanged pledges and articles of war that made their covenant binding. Jonathan gave David several items, but one thing was of particular importance. He gave David his sword. A warrior without a sword wouldn't last long on the battlefield. In fact, without a sword, the warrior couldn't defend or advance the kingdom he'd pledged to fight for. David and Jonathan's covenant resulted in the greatest victories Israel had experienced up to that time. 
every time you look at your breakthrough sword, which you received as my 2005 covenant partner, I pray you'll remember that you're advancing the kingdom of God with a mighty weapon which God has placed in your hand, the sword of the Spirit, to defeat every enemy that dares come against you. You are listening to Morning Inspirations on Jam Radio 2.1.
messages for all of you sitting in the passenger seat. And apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable, but how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Harry's career had gone, well, all right. Not every promotion had come through, but he was always willing to learn. Then, nearing retirement, Harry was asked to mentor a sharp young employee new to the department. Harry couldn't help it. He detested the assignment. Mentor this young man, support him, no, sir. Harry had earned his stripes. Now help some hotshot out distance him. Resentment boiled, but Harry had no choice. He made himself talk with a newcomer. And to his surprise, the hotshot listened. This is Howard Butt, Jr. of Laity Lodge. Harry spent the first part of his career learning. Then he discovered that in sharing his wisdom, everyone came out ahead in the high calling of our daily work. Hey, Nick Cannon here. So, of course, we all know there's lots of talent in America. But unfortunately, there's something else we've got way too much of. Childhood hunger. 17 million kids struggle with it in this country. But here's the thing. This problem is entirely solvable. Seriously. We already produce more than enough healthy, nutritious food in this country to feed every single last one of those hungry kids. We just need a way to get it to them. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks is out there every day gathering surplus food to give hope to hungry kids and their families all across the country. But they need your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. Together we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. Would you join with me, please, in prayer? Pray with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Jesus, thank you that you loved me enough that you became a man and died on a cross, paid the price for all the wrong things, that I have done. I'm sorry for my sin. It's my sin that puts you on that cross. And I'm sorry. I don't want to live in rebellion to you anymore. I ask you to forgive me. And tonight I open my heart and I invite you into my life to be my Savior. And my Lord, I believe, Jesus, you are the Son of God. I believe you died for me to pay the price for all the wrong things that I've committed against God and against man. I believe that on the third day, by the power of God, you were raised from the dead as living proof that my trust in you tonight is not in vain. I believe 
that as Christ was raised from the dead, so tonight, Almighty God, you are raising me from the dead, from the death of sin. You are giving me a new life, the life of Jesus Christ. Oh God, on my testimony and the belief in my heart and according to your word, at this moment, I believe I am saved. I am saved. I am saved. Hallelujah. Saved. 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 Oh, let me ask you, friends, in closing tonight, have you done this? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you come to that obedience of faith? Have you come to that place of true repentance and true faith? Have you turned around? Have you forsaken your sin? Have you turned around? Have you forsaken your sin? And are you trusting alone tonight in Jesus Christ for your salvation? For there is no other way. There is no other message. For there is no other way. There is no other message. Oh, come to Him. Come to the Saviour tonight. Come to Him just as you are. Come to Him in your sin. Come to Him in all your needs. And cast yourself upon His mercy and upon His infinite grace. And cast yourself upon His mercy and upon His infinite grace. Cast yourself wholly to Him. And you too will enter into that joy of sins forgiven, peace with God, and eternal, abundant life through Jesus Christ. Our Lord, for how will you escape if you neglect so great salvation? For how will you escape if you neglect so great salvation? How can I say thanks? For the things you have done for me, things so undeserved, if you gave your very life for the voices of a With his blood he has saved. 
about the wisdom of the ants in gathering and storing food for the winter, this is the Creation Moments Minute. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.